Hey guys, it's March, and you're listening to Hola Bichola, Casa de Dragons. Alright guys, welcome, welcome to episode two. Um, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to call this episode just yet, but I'm, you know what, never mind. I'm going to call it Renera's Rage, because that's really where we're at in this episode. So we start off with Renera. Renera is, no, Renera. Tampoco. Here we go. So we open up with a new sequence, a new opening sequence, which, um, hell yeah, finally. Because at first, with the first episode, I wasn't sure if they were just, you know, if we were still kind of watching the teaser episode or a teaser opening or. I don't know what took him so long or why we didn't get in the first episode, but second episode, here we are. And we get this beautiful opening sequence with blood, lots of blood. (laughs) If any of you can remember that, um, that video, that meme where he goes blood, um, I can't think of blood without saying that anymore. Anyway, the opening sequence, it really felt like for me like you could touch it through the screen like i thought the blood was going to pour onto me because you know how it was like pouring through all of those like valleys and hallways and steps and i was expecting it to come through the tv i don't know about you but i know for me that's what i was feeling and another thing i really like was how we still get the same song Because at first I wasn't sure if like, again, with the first episode, it was just kind of like an homage. We were just going to get, you know, the same song as kind of a reminder to bring everybody in. But the fact that we get the same song for this new season just feels so exciting and comforting. And I just feel like I just want to be cozy in my sweater and have my lights on low and just I'm just ready for the bloodshed to come. So I love that the opening song still gives me that feeling, kind of preps me for what's to come on this episode. So um, the opening scene, we're in this like crab island. And I know in the past episode, they talked about feeding the crab feeders or something like that. And so I just kind of thought like, um, it's just, it was just actually really disgusting. It made my skin itch a lot. And I don't know if any of you have that thing that I will not name that makes you phobic to the things that make your skin itch and skin crawl. I was definitely experiencing that, especially like scales. Oh, oh, sores. I, I can't, I can't do it. Not me, not I. Um, but that scene felt very felt felt ominous to what's coming just these bottom feeders in a sense feeding amongst like the shipwrecked pirates so then we're in the king's small council room which finally got the name it's not a meeting room it's not the king's room it's the small council room where the small council meets. So naturally it would be the small council room. So there you go. (laughs) Finally got one name correct. And um, 
they're discussing this what seemed like battle we have Corliss who kind of comes in and he's saying there is a battle or we've been attacked by these crab feeders or something like that or crab wars I don't know and um, you can tell that Ray Renera, she's listening in the background and all of the men are speaking over each other and about what they're going to do with the situation. And basically the king at this time is looking pretty weak because he wants to not attack the attackers because he thinks of them as like small game. But Corliss, who's the master of driftwood, would know otherwise. So while they're all talking over each other and yelling, we have Rhaenyra who is listening and she speaks and I swear, you hear all the men sighing, like, God forbid a 15-year-old teenager could potentially have a solution to a problem in this kingdom. No, they dismiss her. I think Otto, Otto Hightower is, like, sighing, like, ugh, a woman speaking. God, get her out of here. And so they did. They got her out of there. <laughs> and um, the king sends Rhaenyra to the king's guard like um picking the new the new man knight to look after or lead the king's guard and so at the time you would think that that was a bad idea that he's kind of kicking her out giving her busy work but i actually think it was a really good idea for her to go and pick someone who's going to lead the king's guard that's kind of where she wants to be anyway she wants to be in battle she wants to be fighting so what better than to let her pick you know leave it up to her to decide who's gonna lead the king's guard the king's men all the king's horses um to crawl up the tower again if you know what i'm saying so finally we see um a conversation between her and um christian cole christian cole is the night rider who she put a flower on his stick during the joust if you guys remember that so she's kind of getting to meet everybody but she ends up deciding to choose christian anyway because obviously that's where we're going with the story and well not so much obvious but you get my drift anyway they're having a discussion about um, his history and why he is and why he is um, what is that term I'm thinking of why he should be chosen to lead the king's guard and out of all of the men there he's the only one who has I guess experience battling outside of like a jousting tourney as she'd like to call all the all the other men they're tourney men's they're men who've never been to actual battle but christian obviously has and so she's gonna want him again i think this is a good idea i think we want renera to be in the thick of it with all of the armed metal men right because if she's gonna be the if she's going to heir the throne then why wouldn't she be there kind of going with like the bottom men not the bottom men they're not bottoms obviously I mean some might be but I mean like 
you know, the high level of hierarchy, you first want to like get cozy with the army, right? I mean, if I was a king, I would start there. I would get cozy with the men who are supposed to protect me and, you know, work my way up. But I'm also not a king, so maybe I'm, uh, I have no experience with that. So while this is happening, um, we notice or we're, we're taken to the king, the Cirrus, and Allison. So I want to I wanna make a correction here. I said her name was Sicy. I don't know why I said that. But I think it's because there is a C in her name and Alicent. So I think I, I, I just went off with that. But yeah, her name is not Sicy. It is Alicent. Well, I mean, maybe maybe they're a little close. Sicy, Alicent. You get where I'm going with this. I, I think it's a very common, normal, practical mistake to make. Sicy and Alicent are basically the same name. So, you know, argue with someone else about that. So these two are talking and you can tell that they've spent a lot of time together because they said it's been six months since they've been spending time together so we can also assume that um emma who that's the queen's name she actually had a name and uh yeah she's been gone for six months so we can already tell how much we're going to be jumping time we're in the second episode and it's been already six months like what's the third episode going to be like or we've have we jumped like 10 years because i mean that's six months is a pretty big time jump from one episode to the next so uh yeah i would say it's been six months and they've been spending a lot of time together and rhaenyra doesn't know about this I mean, I, I, I don't I don't believe that Rhaenyra doesn't know. I believe she knows, but she doesn't want to like come to terms with that. Because what fifteen year old is so like unaware of her environment? I mean, the girl is everywhere and she doesn't know that her BFF is spending time with her daddy alone a lot. I don't think so. That that doesn't sound like a typical fifteen year old. And fifteen year olds are about the same throughout time even in fantasy the 15 year old is nosy a 15 year old is loud they're everywhere they know everything I'm scared of 15 year olds today so like I I don't know what adult isn't afraid of a 15 year old (laughs) I'm afraid of 15 year old me so I, I think it's safe to say that I'm not buying she doesn't know her best friend is spending time with her dad I just don't think she wants to know and that's okay we don't all have to face everything at the same time like we'll come to terms with it when we're ready right that's growth no okay no i don't know where i'm going with that okay so we jump from rhaenyra and alicent nope we jump from alicent and king viserys to alicent and rhaenyra so clearly she's playing both sides and that's why I don't like Allison. Not one bit. She's playing both sides. Like she's playing her death. She's playing her, what's his name? She's playing her king, which kings should be played, you know, but you don't play your best friend. You are not to be trusted. And she's sitting there, sitting beside Rhaenyra, asking her to just like be vulnerable and be open and be, and speak and 
Allison acts like she can talk for the king already. Already. I'm telling you, 15-year-olds are not to be trusted. So she's with Rhaenyra in the sept. And they're praying to what I think it's... I think they're they're praying and there's like... You know, if you've already seen it, there's like a, a pool and they have candles all around it. And you can see like one of their gods or goddesses kind of in the background with a shadow and they're praying and there's kind of like a puddle of water to me it was giving blood I wasn't getting water from that I was getting blood and I was wondering doesn't it smell in there like how could they be in this place that's so big I mean they they probably have like really good ventilation because I just thought like oh my goodness it probably smells like iron in there but you know what then they're they're probably used to it. I can't imagine King's Landing is quite a, a, a good smelling town. I think it probably has all sorts of odors and fragrances mixed together that it just. It's like, do you ever wonder what like King's Landing actually smells like? Because, you know, it probably just smells like hay and blood and meat and maggots and sourdough and wax I don't know what do you think what do you think King's Landing smells like because that's that's what I'm getting I'm getting like iron and sourdough anyway um, um so there is a moment here where we have King Viserys and Corliss they're talking again because Corliss is obsessed with becoming king or at the very least you know getting things right in order in a sense and with this war that's happening with the crap feeders or these pirated people there's this like um what are they called let me let me get this right Okay, so basically there's like a storm's a Bruin and Corliss is speaking in metaphors and he is talking in old ways about storms and the water and the driftwood and I can tell that the king doesn't really understand what he's talking about because he's looking a bit confused and basically Corliss says, I'm really here to ask you to marry my daughter because there's a war's a brewing, there's a storm's a coming, and with you being single and my daughter being available, we should consummate this relationship to make the bloodlines even stronger. Because again, they're, they're only concerned about bloodlines and the strength of the bloodlines and the kingdom and who gets to be king. So you know the king at this point he's kind of like well i don't really know your daughter and corliss is like does it really matter whether you know my daughter or not what's more important is that these lines are these bloodlines are stronger than ever so that you can show your strength to the kingdom and he's kind of like i have a rotting hand i'm not that concerned with showing my strength right now 
Um, but he considers it anyway. But we know that the king is not going to get married to Valerion's Corliss's daughter because, as it turns out, if you're not a book reader, you probably won't know this, and you'll know this now. There's like a big map of the family lines. I haven't seen it, but my husband did see it, and he's freaking out about it. Every time we watch an episode, he's just kind of like, oh my God, if you only knew what's about to happen. But I, I you know, I'm, I used to be really big on like spoilers don't affect me, and spoilers still don't, but like, I'm not seeking spoilers. But if something does get spoiled for me, it's no big deal. But if you tell me spoiler warning, I'm, I, you know, I might not. I, I might not want to have something spoiled because I have the opportunity to not have it spoiled. But if it happens to get spoiled, I don't care. And that's another reason why I haven't like looked up anything specific to House of the Dragon because I don't, I don't want spoilers. I want to be able to enjoy it with, and with the same fresh look that I did when I was watching Game of Thrones. I knew nothing about Game of Thrones. Nothing whatsoever. I just knew it was kind of like old world and a little bit fantastical. And so I thought, why not? I can, you know, I can play this while I'm at work. So, you know, I would like to not have this ruined for me just yet. I've seen I've seen the um the thing, the family lines like oh a while ago, but I, I had no idea what was going on. And now that I know more, I don't want to see it. But if you do, it is out there. And it's a pretty good way of reducing your anxiety if you're like nervous about how things are going to play out. I would say give it a look. But I'm not ready yet, so I'm not going to. Okay, so now we're having a dinner. And it's the dinner's between daddy and ray and it's just so bleak and then the funny thing about that in particular like scene is that it felt really relatable because it feels like today parents don't know how to talk to their teenage children thankfully i don't have teenagers just yet but it feels like you know, it's the one thing that doesn't change over time about relationships between people is that you have a father and a daughter who've suffered a loss and they don't know how to talk to each other because they, they couldn't be more worlds apart. But if only one thing I learned, if anything, when it comes to conversation is that a conversation begins with a sentence. You got to start somewhere. So, you know, guys, um, uh, we, 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 we have to change. We have to change these relationships because they're just so, it's, it's just so easy to like see yourself on screen. You're like, yeah, I don't know how to talk to my parent. My parent literally doesn't know how to talk to me. Cool. Cool. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So as this dinner is also happening you can just see ray's rage simmering and that's one thing that i felt was really strong in this episode was every time we encountered ray she was simmering she was seething but it was a very if every teenage girl knows that that simmering burn look in the eyes i've definitely recognized and that's what i recognized in this episode was really ray's rage 
And we'll see that more as we um, we see more of that when we uh, get to when we learn about Damon's what looks like Damon is going against the crown going against his niece and before that there's a bunch of other things that happen that you were just kind of like part of the episode where the king talks to Lena 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 Valerian and she's a child she is a baby she is so little and is reciting these adult words and you can just tell her parents are sick I know that it's a custom, especially in these worlds. She is 12. She barely looked 12. I mean, she looked like she was about eight or nine years old. She wasn't even, she wasn't even passing for 12, at least not to me. And um, I'm really glad that what we discover on later in the episode is that the king chooses otherwise. So um, to bring it back to the outline of the story... While the king is talking to Lena Valarion, um, Rhaenerys, no, Rhaenys, Rhaenys is on a balcony and she's observing Rhaenyra. And I love this scene so much because I just, it was just, it was so nice to see women sitting on a balcony just enjoying the sight and the breeze and they're just sitting and Ray is watching Rhaenyra and Rhaenyra's looking at Ray. And you have these two women who basically are owned, are deserve the throne, are owed the throne. They are owed the throne. And now they're kind of, you would think that Rhaenyra's is like fighting with Rhaenyra. I know the names sound the same. <laughs> And it's very confusing for sure. But we have, you know, the we have Rhaenyra, who should have, the queen who never was, fighting with the princess. And you think they're fighting, at least from the perspective of Rey, the princess. She believes her aunt is trying to, like, get a rise out of her. Um, or her cousin is trying to get a rise out of her, trying to make her angry and... The queen who never was with her wisdom and her age basically says, I'm not trying to get a rise out of you. I'm literally telling you how this game is played. And if you want to, if you really want to be taken seriously, you have to act more aggressively than they think you would ever act. And I thought that was just good advice for her, basically preparing Rhaenyra for what's to come because they had the kingdom had every opportunity to pick Rhaenyra as a queen and like Rhaenyra said they would rather burn the entire kingdom down than to ever see a woman a woman serve as the queen of the realm and that's very true for a lot even still to this day even even though they're in different timelines different worlds it's still very true them and us them and us it's still seemingly very true and um so yeah I just thought that scene was so beautiful you see these women who are just casually hanging out in a balcony taking in the sight taking in the breeze having like real 
um, almost like they're, you know, playing chess or, or um, thinking of like war tactics or something like that, or passing on, you know, uh, war strategies or something like that. So once they have their words, we have the king and Alicent again. And you can tell that he's become very fond of her and their time together. And, you know, she's a ripe, young 15-year-old girl who's done with her, who's entertained the king as her daddy has requested of her, Otto Hightower. And poor girl is having, she's falling apart on the inside. We, we just see her, like, picking her flesh apart. It's just, she doesn't have to do this. But that's what happens when you're a traitor. You start to eat your own self. So I'm not surprised that that's what's coming to her. So now we're back in the small room council. And we learned that Damon is starting. He's sending out a message that he took the dragon stone or the dragon's egg. The dragon's egg that belonged to Balon, who was the baby who passed away. He took the dragon's egg. Then he mentioned that he's going to take on a second wife and go all FLDS on us and marry his whore. And apparently she's with child, allegedly, according to Damon. And there's all this conversations happening. And basically he's taken Dragonstone, which belongs to his niece, the new heir. Um, but he doesn't care about that. And uh, he's getting married and he sent an invitation to the king a really threatening one and uh yeah the king was gonna go deal with it but then Otto decided that he was gonna go instead because the king was far has other things to worry about let the hand take care of this so they get to Dragonstone and on our way to Dragonstone I don't remember seeing Dragonstone from this angle but man is that place cliffy not just cliffy, stony, and really clouded. Like, I don't even know how they were able to, like, dock their ships. Like, where did they dock their ships? The sea was literally fighting and clashing with the shore. Anyway, it's fantasy, so they managed to dock their ships. And they finally walk up all, like, what, all 10,000 steps it takes to get to Dragonstone. And they meet in the middle with Damon who we all know is Paimon. And uh, they're having a discussion and it's really going nowhere. The Hand, uh, I don't even know why he's there, what he's there for. He he thought he was doing something. Christian, Cole, he was also there blabbing about something. And this, the, in this during this moment, we kept cutting to like the King's Guard. And I thought the King's Guard was going to go against the hand and like maybe cut the hand's head off or something and go with Team Paymon, be summoned um, and party. And then we would really get into a war. But that didn't happen at all. He was just scared because of the dragon that Damon has, which I actually forgot about. <laughs> because I'm not used to having so much dragon time. And my goodness, in this episode, we got we got two dragons. We had to see two dragons in one episode, in episode two, in the first season. 
I mean, God would never. God would never. So, um, they're having a conversation. And, like I said, it's going nowhere. And so, here comes Rhaenyra out of nowhere, coming up from the clouds, literally bodying everybody. She lands and walks her cute little petite self. It was so cute. She's like a cute little petite self. Walks up to her uncle. They start speaking old Valerian, old high Valerian. And uh, they basically sort it out. She calls him out on his bluff. He gives her the egg. And then she goes on her merry way. Something no one else could do. I mean, if that isn't boss ass behavior, I don't know what is. I mean, no blood was shed. Damon literally was kind of like walked with like his tail between his legs and she flew out of there again they could never and she did it all in a day's time she gets back home and her daddy is not happy about this interaction whatsoever and so while they're having a conversation Damon and his lady her name is Lady Masaria Myseria Myseria and they're having a conversation about how he thought he was gonna she thought he was gonna liberate her from fear and he's kind of like why on earth would you ever think that I'm Paimon you're in eternal servitude to me you're with the dark side you know uh no rest for the wicked type of thing and so now he has to deal with that war so he's probably fighting his own two three front war at this time and so now that we're just now we're back with daddy and ray and they're just like trying to figure out why they're kind of weird together and finally finally somebody talks and they discuss their mom and how much they miss her but her daddy has to marry and she's like daddy i know it i understand your role i get it it is so important for you I am so understanding. And so here she thought, I understand my dad's going to get married. He's going to marry my second or third cousin because that's just the Targaryen way. And then we learn that um, that's not what happens. We're back in the small council, back with the small men or the small, you know what I'm talking about. Because we're always here. We're never not in the small council. In the small council room. And the king goes, I have an announcement. And so he says, I'm ready to wed. I've decided on a bride. And here comes Corliss. Like adjusting himself. Like getting ready to stand up. And cheers to the realm. And their union. And then he goes, the king goes, I'm going to marry Alison Hightower. (laughs) And he basically stomps out of the room because he's just like so sick of the Targaryens. He is so sick of the king. He is had it. He's like, no one takes me seriously in this house. I've put my all. These men don't know nothing about earning anything. So he steps out. 
little do we know ray is in the corner raging seething she is hot lava fire and uh she looks at her dad because she believed they had an understanding because you know she's so understanding she looks at her dad and she looks at allison and she looks at her dad and she too runs away because duh you've been spending the last six months with my father and i didn't even know about it you couldn't even have the courage to tell me your best friend it's utter betrayal you don't do that to your friend you don't do that to your best friend she is not to be trusted I w- i'm not even going to trust her i'm never trusting her i'm personally never trusting her i can't imagine Renera is going to ever trust her but you know that's their relationship i don't i only know what i see and if she forgives her i i'm doesn't mean i'm going to be ready to forgive her do you know what i'm saying so you know that's kind of where we're at in that relationship i'm i'm actually pretty upset about this um that she never told her because that's that's just not what friends do friends talk to each other especially best friends so we kind of end with that scene and then there's uh and so now we move on to the last scene as if that wasn't enough and we're observing Corliss and he's having this conversation what I was feeling that he was talking to was this someone or something. I thought maybe he was talking to like a skeleton that he was just having his like weekly ritualistic one-on-one therapy sessions, him and an old skeleton of like a family relative. I really thought we were going to go in that direction, but it was quite close. He was actually talking to Paimon or Damon. And they were having a discussion about how they're the second sons, which if you guys remember, I don't know if there's a connection there, but I feel like there is a connection there, right? And they're having a conversations about how like they're always overlooked and they've fought for everything. Very middle kid energy. All right, this, this, this is one-on-one middle kid energy that they've fought for everything that they've had everyone's always overlooking them they're never in line they're always in line but they never get the position so we ended with this new seemingly alliance between Damon and Corliss so I didn't see that coming I should have seen it coming but I didn't see it coming what do you know you know, I I don't know the seas, and um, I I don't know. It's it is what it is at this point. But yeah, that's kind of the episode. That's that's what I got for y'all today. I'm again super excited. I I love how much how quickly we're jumping through time, and it seems like we're gonna meet Aegon pretty soon. I don't know if that's going to be in the next episode, but we've all heard endlessly about King Aegon. So I wonder how much time we're going to go through this in the first season. Like, are we only going to get one season? 
you know, I don't know. There's just so many more questions that we have left. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the second episode of Casa de Dragons. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, hit me up on hbxpod at gmail.com and um, hbx on Instagram, Ola Bichola on TikTok. Anyway, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.